Good evening, everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Knowing God. I am your host, Anike Atkins, and I thank you all for your support. Thank you for joining me. I just want to get right in so that I can at least keep to time and, you know, make this as interesting as possible because people do not take the time to read the Bible. And so I am doing the work (laughs) uh, with hopes of encouraging others to pick up the Bible and just read, get an opportunity to just understand the word yourself and and connect with God. Uh, With that being said, I hope most of you got a chance to listen to last last month's episode, excuse me, which was titled The Word. And um, it was kind of a segue into the series that I'm going into now, starting as of this month. And I might make it even more often, just so that because there are a lot of books in the Bible and I want to really get to as much as I can. But there's really no rush either, right? So we'll make it work that way. Uh, But yeah, so I did last month's topic uh, that way to give everyone um, sort of an opening as to why the Word of God is so important and how interesting it is and how much food to the soul that the words are. I mean, you'll be so surprised how much it tailors to our everyday life and what we experience in this world as a whole. And so uh, the Bible is definitely interesting. It is definitely rewarding. It is definitely spiritual if you are reading it with not just your mind, but your body, your soul, your spirit. You put everything into it. I tell you, God will connect with you. Uh, You will even have (laughs) dreams, you know, because of how fascinated you will be by these stories. And God knows what we're doing. So when we are indulging in his word, it pleases him. It is so pleasing to him. If we even read out loud, it's even more pleasing. You know, the, the host of heavens are rejoicing, saying, look at that. Look at your child just wanting to know your word and not reading it like it's some novel. No, you're reading it because you really want to understand life and how God created it. So with that being said, let's begin. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this platform that you have blessed me with to be able to give others the opportunity to understand your word, to understand who you are in our lives, and to hopefully just instill this uh, spiritual connection with you. So I do hope, God, that as we go through this episode, that it will turn a life towards you and encourage the listeners to want to read your word more and connect with you on a deeper level. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I always got to get started with God. I I know y'all can tell that I'm cheesing because I'm always smiling and I cheese with all 32 teeth. I think I have 32. I better have 32. I didn't have any teeth pulled out, so I should be fine. (laughs) Alrighty. So Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 really starts off with God creating this wonderful sinful world that we live in but before it became a sinful world it was a perfect world that world was perfect in the eyes of God right it says God created the sky and the earth at first the earth was completely empty you know um and you you know again I'm going to give you guys a disclaimer I always read the King James version and the easy read version just so that it's more enlightening and you can understand But uh, in the King James Version, which I'll say KJV, uh, says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God. So, I know there's always this big question. They call it the Trinity. Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, right? It's, it's all one. God is the spirit. God is the, the king of all kings. There is no God like this God. There is no God that created the world the way this God created earth. And I know I've been reading like so many um, excerpts and commentaries from different scholars and, uh, you know, different theological scholars and things like that. Even scientists, everybody who wants to kind of study this God, right, that we're serving, that they put in quotations, but we know it has no quotation to the God that we serve, right? But everybody wants to understand, did this so-called God create this world that we live in? I mean, what do you think? 
God is the, I mean, (laughs) he is the ultimate scientist. Think about it. How would this world have come about if this entity did not exist? And he said he made the heavens and the earth. His spirit was in the world. The world was dark. There was no light. It was without form and void, according to the Bible, right? And that makes sense. And to this day, scientists cannot explain that. Like, there's no scientific uh, book out there or anything of the sort that can go against how the world was created. I have not heard or seen. Nobody has even come close. No one can understand. Hence the reason why God has blessed meteorologists to be able to understand the climate and the atmosphere. But even in their predictions, it can always be off because if God says, I want it to rain today and I want it to rain hard, it will happen. And the meteorologist would have told you the other day that, oh, uh, we're expecting just a little spritz and a a few showers here and there, maybe 50%, but it won't be anything. But God can change that and say, no, it's going to be 100% rain all day for the next two, three days. Right? And so even the meteorologists and the scientists behind the almanac, right, the weather, still cannot, <laughs> they, they, they don't have the ability to predict if something more will come. You know, unless I would say that the spirit moves in, one, in, in any of them, the spirit might just say, you know what, I'm going to use this guy to warn the people that this is what's to come. There's a hurricane coming. There's a storm coming. You guys need to be on the lookout. They may not know how high grade the storm or the the uh, the fires or whatever it is these disasters that occur will happen but they do know that okay this is extreme based on what we are noticing this is this is going to be a serious one how do you think that for me and, and everything that i'm giving you guys is not coming from uh some book or anything like that even though i've read other people's opinions and scholarly opinions they are very similar to mine but I ask God when I start reading all over again because that's how often I read the Bible (laughs) I'll be like okay I'm gonna go back again because um I lost something or I need to start all over I feel like I I missed something I need to understand this Bible a little more I need to understand God more so I started from Genesis again and this might be a part one and part two because it's about 50 chapters in Genesis and I really just want to cover as much as I can for this segment and try to stay you know within half an hour so let's let's make this happen uh so I'm giving you my thoughts my understanding what God placed in my mind um and in my heart and in my spirit in terms of understanding the first day God created light on the second day God created the skies right excuse me He said, let there be a space to separate the water in two parts. So God made the space and separated the water. Some of the water was above it and some of the water was below it. God named that space sky. There was evening and then there was morning. This was considered the second day, right? Then on the third day, God decided, okay, we have land, right? Let's create dry land and then let's put some plants on it. And God did just that. Let the earth grow grass, plants that make grain and fruit trees. The fruit trees will make fruit with seeds in it. And each plant will make its own kind of seed. Let these plants grow on the earth. And it happened. And God did these things, right? And he made sure that there was evening and there was morning on that third day. And on the fourth day, God created the sun, the moons, and the stars. And I'm reading from the Easy Read version just so that we can go smoother through it. Um... And it says, let there be lights in the sky. These lights will separate the days from the nights. So even though he said, let there be light. Yes, there, it was light and it was good. And, he, and God named the light day and God um, named darkness night. So we know that there was evening and then there was morning. But in the morning, what will make the daytime glow, right? What would make there be light? And so that's what God did. I'm going to make the sun. So in the daytime, there is light. And then I'm going to make the stars and the moon in the sky. So at night, you can differentiate nighttime, but there's still light, right? Because imagine if it was pitch dark, will people be able to go to work? No, we would not be able to do that. Would we be able to walk these streets? No way. That, that would just be impossible. 
And this is all before the inventions of light, you know, electricity and things like that. That is because, again, God has blessed people with the ability to come up with ideas to make the earth more sustainable, to make it a place where we can live. I hope we understand this because that is the God that we serve. No one can argue it. We cannot explain it because there is no explanation. All we do know is what the Bible says is what the Bible says, and the word can never change. There might be different versions to the Bible, but the word of God remains the same. How people in how people translate or interpret the Bible into every form that is out there, there's probably like 50 of them or something. Um, it is to their understanding. But if you read the King James Version, and I also did some research about uh, the Hebrew Version, uh, they're the closest that it comes to translating the Bible, right? Because it was all in their language, obviously. It had to be translated into English, hence the King James Version. So that is really like the closest And this is why I keep the King James Version close to my heart and I read it. And the easy read to me just basically breaks down the the King James Version, you know, and um, so does the English Standard Version. And the English Standard Version is very close to the King James Version as well. And then they came out with the NLT and the NIV. And people like to read these things because, again, it's easier for them to understand. But I promise you, if you really seek God first before you read the Bible, and ask him to help you understand, you can read King James Version and get it. For me, I have to read out loud to understand, and so that works for me. I know some people need to read on the inside. I use my outside voice. I don't use my inside voice, but it works for me. And as I read, I'm like, oh, oh, this is deep. So just try it, guys. Try it. All right, so on the fifth day, God made the fish and the birds. So yes, remember he separated, there was space. He put water in the skies, he put water on um, on the earth, right? And so in the water, he said, let it be filled with many living things and let there be birds to fly in the sky, um, in the air, over the earth. And so God created the large sea animals and he created all the living creatures that we see in the sea today. That is what God did. And he blessed all those living things and blessed them to have babies. God's thing was to just be fruitful and multiply. And then on the sixth day, God created land animals. So he made the water animals. And then he decided, all right, we need animals on land. And so God said, let the earth produce many kinds of living things. Let there be many different kinds of animals. Let there be large animals and small crawling animals of every kind. And let all these animals produce more animals. And all these things happened. Now, the intent of God was for every same kind of animal to reproduce but again and a lot of scholars will say this too even scientists well good scientists you know not the evil ones that do things for their own pleasure uh they will say to you animals were not meant to crossbreed so god made horses the male the female procreate god made these ones this male female procreate Because if you go further into the Bible, when you read about Noah, which I'll get to here, he tells him, take every animal, two of each. That two of each basically is saying the male and the female. So that when the earth uh, is back to normal after the the storm of that time, and and I'll talk about it, you know, these animals will be able to mate and then they'll be able to replenish the earth again. Because God meant for these animals to be available for man to eat. And that, and it says it here. When God created all the animals, God said, all right, now we need to make humans. Humans that will be like us. I know that some people are confused because they're like, what does it mean humans that will be like us? And God said, this is in chapter, uh, this is in verse 26 of chapter 1, Genesis 1. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, right? So God created us in his form, in his image. 
So technically, we are like many gods. And that is why there's a spirit in us. And our spirits definitely operate differently from the body, right? But we have to be careful because what you feed your body can affect your spirit. That's a word, and I hope that makes sense. What you're feeding into your body can affect your spirit, which can also negatively impact your soul. Because what did God do when he created man, which was on that sixth day? He created us out of dust, and then he breathed life into the man. That was what he did. He breathed life. So it means that he breathed his spirit. He breathed soul into the body of the man and said, let this spirit have dominion over all. Technically, we're supposed to be waking up every morning saying, I claim all that is meant for me on this day. We're supposed to go out with our heads held high, knowing that God asked us to go and possess our possessions, to have dominion over all. And this is why there are these many gods out here, because some of these people were able to tap into that energy, knowing, yes, this almighty God created us for a purpose in his image, which means we have power. So if you know our parents would say the power of the tongue, be very careful what you say. It is very true because if your spirit, not just, not you, the human, because the human is like, we're like a, we're like a garbage bag. I, I hate to use that. Garbage goes in it and then eventually we throw it out. Our body is disposable. It's the soul, the life that was breathed into us that carries on into another realm. But where do you go? Right. And that the determination of where you go is what your body has been fed, what your mind has been fed that has affected your spirit and then affected your soul, right? And so it is very important to understand that as humans, these little mini gods that we serve and me being of Nigerian descent, I've never ever taken into uh, a, a, you know consideration wanting to even acknowledge these mini gods that a lot of African-Americans who are searching for something and most times because we have a selfish desire, we're searching for something right then and there. So what do we do? We go to the Orishas, we go to the Oshuns, we go to the Yemojas, we go to the Shangos, we go to the Opatalas, and we go to all these folks looking for answer. But you know what's interesting? And I tell people this, if you really want to know about these little gods that you guys go to, all these witch doctors and stuff that concoct all these gods. If you don't go, and, I, and this is in one of my old episodes, so please check back. I think it's in season one. If you do not adhere to the order that was given to you at the time that you went to them for whatever you went to them for, guess what? You suffer worse than what you were suffering at the time you met with them. And because again, life happens. We forget things. Oh, I forgot to pay homage to um, the Oshun. I forgot to go and do all the sacrifice I was supposed to do. I don't even have money to go over there right now. What am I going to do? Then days pass, years pass. You start wondering, why am I losing all my businesses? Why aren't things working for me? Because sometimes we conjure up these spirits that we do not need. We have to remember that we live in a spiritual realm. God, the spirit created earth. So it means that we're in a spiritual realm. We just can't see it. Hence the reason why I love the movie Matrix. Because that was a, a that was clear what they were trying to show us right there. But that's a, for another day. And so we are operating in a spiritual realm. And we just have to be very mindful of uh, the portals that we open up. So and, and the things that we say. Because the mo in the Bible, if you read, and I think it's in Romans, I think it's Romans 5, the devil is roaming this earth, seeking whom to devour, okay? Um, I really want to find it because I don't want to misquote the Bible, but I know God knows that I know what I'm saying, and I know what I'm referring to, but basically in plain English, the, the Satan is cunning, he is tricky, you know, he's mad because he can't be in heaven no more, um, and the power given that he did have while in heaven does not exist anymore. You know what I'm saying? So he is really upset. And so he gets even more upset when he sees that people decide 
to take on God as uh, to, to follow Jesus, to accept Christ as their savior. That is when he comes to disturb you. That is when he comes to bring all kinds of trials and tribulations your way. And this is where your faith is tested. Right. And so we'll get into that. And I think I've spoken about this many times. I've had my guests who have spoken about this, seeking the kingdom and things like that. So please take take the chance to just listen to other episodes because uh, uh, it definitely expands on those things. I wish I could find it. I, I can't really um, locate it right now. I'm sorry, guys. But either way, I know it is in Romans. It's got to be in Romans. But basically, Satan is roaming this earth. He's looking for whom he can, to, to devour, who he can destroy, who he can uh, dissuade from God. So, And once he has done that, he leaves you alone because now he knows that you're going to self-destruct unless your spirit is strong. But if your spirit is so weak because you have destroyed your body with so many things that just wasn't of God, oh, it's going to take people to come in on your behalf. It's going gonna, it's gonna to definitely take people to come in on your behalf to pray for you. And then in doing so, it now takes whatever little bit of mustard seed faith you have left to come back and say, okay, God, I've messed up. And again, we'll get into that. So Genesis 1 and 2 really talks about God's uh, creation, him creating this beautiful earth and how perfectly designed it was. You know, everything is just perfect. It's like to a T. You know what I mean? God knew exactly how he wanted this earth to be. He already knew what it was that we were going to do on this earth, what we are meant to do. Unfortunately, we take the wrong route and we don't follow God's way. And so it takes us longer to reach the goal, the promise, the purpose that God had for our life from the time that we were born. Um, and again, this is all in the Bible. Pick up the Bible and read. I promise you that you, you, will, you will not be sorry. Um, this might go to 45 minutes. We'll see. We're getting there. And so on the seventh day, after God created man and then said, uh, all right, I'm going to take a little break for a moment. And um, I'm just going to sit back and see the work that I've created. So when God said he rested on the seventh day, it was to glorify, you know, to he made the day holy to say, look at this. This is a special day because this is the day I rested from creating all this work. It wasn't necessarily saying go to church and worship. No, but God was saying, take out a day in your life. You know, even though you should be doing it every day to acknowledge me, make a day holy for yourself. Oh, I just want to acknowledge God. I just want to thank God for all the things that he has been doing. Church is not mandatory. But it is definitely, it is, excuse me, it is definitely encouraged. It is recommended, especially if you cannot read the word and understand it on your own. This is why he has ordained some pastors to, ex to explain his word better so that we can understand it and develop a better relationship with God and a better understanding of the word, right? I feel like I just repeated myself there. So hopefully that makes some sense. And so on that seventh day, you know, God was very pleased with what he had created. And uh, this was when he said, all right, this man that I want to create, that's going to live in this beautiful garden of Eden. And this garden, you know, from the description and from my researches, it's like beautiful. I mean, man had everything. Can you imagine? We could have just been living forever and ever and ever. But because we know, a lot of us would be like, I don't want to live forever. But you would have been living like forever in heaven on earth because I feel like that's what it was then I'm sorry if I'm yelling I feel like that's what it was then when God created earth it was like heaven on earth because God was literally like very close to man as we read on God would like come out and speak to Adam Adam had the opportunity to speak to God face to face basically and I'm sure it was probably too he probably it didn't doesn't say if he like looked at God but God was very close to earth right and so in chapter two which was on the seventh day when he finalized making humans in verse seven God said you know I'm going to take this dust from the ground and I'm going to make man. And he breathed, the, he breathed the breath of life 
into the man's nose and the man became a living thing. So this is how I understood it. In chapter six, it appears he had already created the man. Then he said, all right, this man has to have life because he's, he's got to, there's something, he's got to do something. We need somebody to be in our image. So clearly, you know that there's spiritual beings in heaven, if he keeps saying that. But these are going to be earthly beings with the ability to tap into their spiritual selves. And that is where God would have been training them. But, you know, unfortunately, sin came about. And so he breathed life. And then the Lord God planted a garden in the east in a place named Eden. He put the man he made in that garden. Then the Lord God caused all the beautiful trees that were good for food to grow in the garden. Come on. Look at how he designed this. He's like, this man that I created has to eat. So I'm going to have to create food for him to eat from, right? And in the middle of the garden, he put the tree of life and the tree that gives knowledge about good and evil. And a river flowed from Eden and watered the garden. The river then separated and became four smaller rivers. The name of the first river was Pishon. This river flowed around the entire country of Havilah. And there's uh, gold in that country, and that gold is very pure. A kind of expensive perfume and onyx is also found there. Uh, the name of the second river was Gihon. This river flowed around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river was Tigris. And get your mind out of the gutter. It's not Cush like weed. This river flowed east of Assyria. The fourth river was the Euphrates. And the Lord God put the man in the Garden of Eden to work the soil and take care of the garden. And so, you know, he told him, he gave him order to say, hey, Adam, listen, I've, I've brought food here for you. You're good. You will be just fine. Now, see this tree right here. You can eat from every other tree, but this tree you must not eat from or you will certainly die. So when we read this, we hear he going to die. Is the tree poisonous? Why would God poison the tree? No, let's go on. And so God said, all right, Adam is lonely. And how is Adam going to procreate? Because I need more people to fill this beautiful land that I've created. And so God said, you know what? Man is not meant to be alone. So I am going to make a companion, one that is just right for him. So God used us from the ground and made every, where am I, where am I, sorry. Oh yeah, he, he said man was alone. I'm so sorry. So he decided to make like the birds in the sky. He started to make more animals that can be around him. So it appears that even the animals were friendly. They weren't wild animals. You could actually be around them and be okay, you know, and not fear for your life. They weren't meant to harm. They were meant to procreate and beautify the land, the beautiful land that God made. That is how I see it. And so then God said in chapter 21 of verse, in, in chapter two, verse 21, God said, you know what? Now I know that he needs a companion because he's not really meant to be alone. So while he was asleep, God caused that, so think about it. That was the first anesthesia. <laughs> the first anesthesia was God. Do you think man can, the doctors and the scientists out here can just cause anybody to sleep without using something? They had to create, they had to research and research and research to create something to put someone to sleep in order to do what God did by just his own powers. And so God caused man to sleep a very deep sleep. And God took one of the ribs from the man's body. Then he closed the man's skin where the rib had been. The Lord God used the rib from the man to make a woman. And then he brought the woman to the man. And he said, finally, one like me with bones from my bones and a body from my body. Flesh of my flesh, bones of my bones, right? That's the King James Version. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. Because in this way, two people become one. The man and his wife were naked, but they were not ashamed, right? Only God knew they were naked, and so did Satan, obviously. Only God knew that they were naked. Now, here comes the beginning of sin. So, a lot of people always say, well, how did, um, Excuse me, did God write this word? Because obviously Adam and Eve, they died and their kids died. So who was writing the stories? 
right? Who could have been writing these stories? So there's some uh, research that says that, um, and according to like reviews of the Testament, the, the New Testament, Moses wrote the book of Genesis. And I can see how that can be so because, you know, um, God appearing to him and we, we never, we can never explain the spiritual contact that God has with these prophets and these men of uh, these men that he used throughout the Bible. And I'm sure the Bible didn't really go in depth because we probably, the Bible would just go on the surface. And when I say surface, what was seen accounts of what they witnessed, right? Is what we're, we're reading, but the personal encounters with God probably had way much more to it that Moses did not discuss or that Isaiah didn't discuss and you know and all these prophets uh, and and, and um, apostles that were used I am from what I gather what I feel like the Lord is always putting in my spirit is that when he comes to you what he shares with you is what he shares with you and the Lord will tell you now go out and share that with the world I can say this because of the encounter, the spiritual encounter that I've had with Jesus. The encounter that you have forces you to share your experience, to share the love, the overwhelmth of love that you felt in that encounter with the Holy Spirit. You're forced to share it. And so these individuals, they didn't choose to work for God. God chose them. So at some point in life, they had no choice, right? They had to embark on a journey and it's not an easy journey. You have people, thousands of people against you, ready to kill you. But because of the relationship you have with God, you stand firm and you're willing to die. It is faith, it is faith and it is sacrifice. That is what it is to really serve God. Faith and sacrifice to remain righteous and to be as holy as you can. Because again, we're not perfect. We're all stained. We've been stained from the time we were born. But we, there is a thing called redemption. There is a thing called salvation. And we are given that opportunity. And so in chapter three, as I read on, it's really interesting that the cause of man to sin started with the first people God put on earth. And that same sin happens today because Eve repeated to the serpent that God specifically warned them against eating the tree of life. But she still allowed Satan's trickery to possess her. And that is kind of the way it is today, right? When we are born, we are pretty much innocent and don't know, you know, any better until the tender age of about five. And, and I have to look in the Bible, please, guys, whoever listens, message me to remind me, but... I know there are some accounts that from that age of five, you know, kids, even, you know, psychology will tell you they're at an age where they're able to lie. They know right from wrong almost at some point. And so that's kind of where Satan can start taking over. Right. Um, and that is why it is important for us to train our children in the way of God so that they can resist the devil's tricks. We have to be very careful. All right. Genesis four. So, and, and Genesis 3 again, and I, I'm just giving you guys the surface, but you can go in and you can read. Um, it is very interesting. It is just to show how the devil came in and tricked the first people that were put on earth, that God surrounded them with so many things. You know, God said to them, I, I gave you everything. I told you that you can be fruitful and multiply, eat everything, take everything you want. Just don't touch this tree. That's all I said. Just don't trust it. So how did curiosity come about? And I feel like uh, Satan did that. He has a, a, a very bad spirit in him that is able to immediately, the moment he senses a weakness, boom, now let's make it bigger. Let's use this, right? Because when that snake appeared to the woman, which is the most clever of all the animals. And this is why I don't like snakes. I don't know why it's used as a medical symbol. Not a good thing, but hey. Uh, the snake spoke to the woman and said, woman, did God really tell you that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And she said, no, we can eat from the trees in the garden, but there's just one tree we must not eat from. And God told us, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not even touch that tree or you will die, right? So she repeated it. She repeated it to Satan, <laughs> but yet 
So the snake said, you will not die. God knows that if you eat the fruit from that tree, you will learn about good and evil, and then you will be like God. Do you see what he did? Do you see how conniving Satan is? Oh, don't listen to what they're saying, please. What do you mean? You should have been in that higher position. You shouldn't have been here. How dare they? You have two masters and a PhD, and they dare make you a supervisor instead of an executive director? Go in there right now and tell them your mind. Come on, really? Is that how you're gonna really get what you want? Is that how the promise God has for you is gonna be fulfilled? when you are ignorant it doesn't work that right that way excuse me eve was very ignorant here very ignorant and clearly it was so easy for her to be tempted but then what does that say of adam who i'm sure god didn't just make eve the next day i'm I'm sure there was days probably months or years that 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 went by before God said, all right, okay, this world is kind of empty. There's only one human. We need more humans. You know what I mean? So again, they're not going to say, they didn't say like 10 years later, this occurred and a hundred years later, this happened. But you can tell um, as you read along in the Bible and the way they make reference to certain things that, oh, okay, time really must have passed by when this happened or when that happened. And so the woman could see that the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked so good to eat. She also liked the idea that it would make her wise, so she took some of the fruit from the tree and ate it. Her husband was there with her, so she gave him some of the fruit and he ate it too. Hey, Adam. Hey, babe, what's going on? What you doing? Oh, this fruit tastes so good. She didn't necessarily say to him, oh, look at where I'm, uh, look at the fruit I'm eating and this is where I got it because I tried to look there to see. Let me see here. Yeah, even the King James Version, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Ha, they didn't even know they were naked. So when when God said you're gonna, when Satan said, no, you're just gonna know good from bad you're not gonna be like god because you can never know what god is thinking we do not know that we only know what we see and what we hear from accounts of other humans like us but you can never know what god is going to do unless he tells you and even him telling you he can always change the course of it because you might do something to deter your glory your blessing your purpose he will he can change it That is the God that we serve. But the word always remains the same, never changes. And everyday life proves this word. As you read the Bible, I implore you, those listening, read the Bible. It is definitely beneficial. And so I felt like here, Adam wasn't with her when Eve was being tempted by the serpent. I think Adam just probably came by and was like, what are you eating? Oh, this fruit, it tastes so good. You should have some, you know? Or she called unto Adam and said, here, have a bite. So not necessarily saying this is the tree, because could Adam Adam have had the chance to say, wait, we're not supposed to eat from that tree. Have you forgotten? Right? I feel like he would have probably had that opportunity. But there's a type of power that we are given in the lives of men because God said we should be their helper, right? And so a man that is supposed to technically rule succumbed to the wife's temptation. And that's why later on, when they realized that they were naked and, you know, sewed some clothes around their waist and stuff like that and, and her breast. And then God comes out and says, hey, Adam, Eve, where are you guys at? What are you doing? Oh, we're here. And he's like, hide? You're here. Where are you? Oh, we're hiding because we heard you coming in the garden. We were so afraid. And God is like, what? Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from that um, special tree I told you not to eat from? And then the man says, well, yeah, the woman you put here uh, with me gave me the fruit from that tree. So I ate it. Ha <laughs> ha. The woman you put here gave me the fruit. So that is true. 
the woman did give Adam the fruit, Adam was in a position to say, wow, this fruit definitely tastes different. Where did you get this fruit for her to say here, right? So that at least he knows, okay, yep, she, she got me. She clearly tricked him into eating it as well without saying where she got it from because she knew that they weren't supposed to eat from that tree and she did it anyway. So now the two of them realizing that they're naked, it's like, Adam, you should have known better. Come on, that's the tree you wasn't supposed to eat from. God specifically said this to you and I'm sure he probably repeated it on several occasions, it's just not mentioned in the Bible, right? Now, here's where the first curse comes. Oh, Lord, how I wish our forefathers, Adam and Eve, did not sin. You know, I just wish they didn't. But then again, it's okay because my relationship with God and, and the way I love Jesus is just awesome. So I'm glad that I found my way back. And so God said to them, um, <clears throat> he said to the snake, Oh, so you tricked the woman into eating that fruit, huh? You did a very bad thing and bad things will happen to you. In fact, it'll be worse for you than for any other animal. You will crawl in your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. So it sounds like the Satan at first was probably in human form or some other type of spiritual form, but not a snake. But because of what Satan did, God made it even worse for Satan. And so I know people wonder, well, where did Satan come from? This is how, this is where Revelations comes into play. So sometimes you can read Genesis and Revelations hand in hand. Revelations is sort of like Genesis, but at the end, it kind of, it explains the heavens and how the heavens are and who's to come, what's to happen that you read earlier in the Bible. I mean, God is an awesome God. Do you understand me? And so that's how you will understand where Satan comes from. And uh, by the grace of God, we will reach Revelations. We got a whole lot of reading to do. I'm just shortening it up to make it more interesting for you, to encourage you to go read it on your own, having the idea of what I shared. So he curses the serpent and says, you're going to be crawling your belly. And this is why snakes crawl on their belly for the rest of their lives, right? And then he goes to the woman. I will make you and the woman enemies to each other. Your children and her children will be enemies. You will bite her child's foot, but he will crush your head. This is a very strong connotation here because think about it. If you read Psalms 91, um, where it says, uh, I think it's um, from 10, lest you dash your foot against a stone, you shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon, shall you trample under feet, right? So eventually, God, God, God knew this was going to happen anyway. You know, it's like your parents knew you messed up, but they still ask you <laughs> just to hear what you're going to say. So clearly Adam and Eve didn't lie in this case. They couldn't because they, they automatically knew what they did was wrong. And they probably regretted it the moment they realized they were naked. The moment they realized we're going to lose out on all of this heavenly goodies that was given to us prior to this serpent coming to us. Right? And so that curse right there saying that the children and her children will be enemies. Yes, the this, this snake will will bite us in other words trying to tempt us this is how i understand it trying to cause us to sin you know or even kill us to kill our spirit but we will crush them on their head amen it means once they have found their way back to god god will give us the ability through prayer through fasting through sacrifice through our faith in god to stand on the serpent's head so yes it was a curse it's a bad curse however we have the opportunity to still prevail. We serve a good God, man, I'm telling you. Then he says to the woman, I will cause you to have much trouble when you are pregnant. And when you give birth to children, you will have much pain, which is what the scientists discovered today, why we have the pain, right? Oh, uh, uh, not why, because obviously God said we're gonna have the pain, but they're able to scientifically explain the type of pain that we feel. They just can't say, how that pain comes about, right? But if you tell them, hey, go read the Bible. God told us we were gonna be feeling a lot of pain. Only he knows how this pain occurs. He causes it. We should have never sinned. And now we're suffering because of uh, Eve. We're, we're sinning, you, you know, and, and, and we're in pain giving birth when it should have probably been so smooth, right? 
and when you give birth to children you will have much pain and when um and your husband you will want your husband very much but he will rule over you then god said to the man i commanded you not to eat from that tree but you listened to your wife and ate from it so i will curse the ground because of you you will have to work hard all your life for the food the ground produces the ground will grow thorns and weeds for you and you will have to eat the plants that grow wild in the fields you will work hard for your food until your face is covered with sweat you will work hard until the day you die and then you will become dust again i used dust to make you and when you die you will become dust again mm that curse ladies and gentlemen is what happens when you sin god directly told them what their curse is god this curse trickled down to all of us today because we're all descendants of these people it trickled down till today we do feel pain we feel a lot of pain when we're given birth but the result of it is rewarding right because we have a child some people they don't experience that reward right away because they were probably depressed what they call PTSD what i consider satan finding his way into your head because you already weren't happy right that is a whole another story again we live in a spiritual world so because our spiritual eyes aren't open we cannot see what we are facing we cannot see what we are dealing with this is why you need the spirit of god you need the holy spirit in you to give you the spirit of discernment to guide you to guide us to open our eyes to the things that we cannot see so that we can fight it with the full armor of god to, to this day men have to work they work hard and unfortunately because of the evil people that are on this earth men work dumb harder excuse my french they have to work even harder especially black men You know, I feel like we can we can definitely make these things better if we just if we just seek God. God for, forgive forgive Adam and Eve please for how they sinned because we can't take this anymore. But the whole world isn't going to do that, right? So it becomes more of an individual thing. It becomes an individual decision. to live right so that you won't have to work so hard so that you can have a smooth pregnancy some people just uh, one push boop baby comes out come on don't tell me that is god okay that is god written all over it your relationship with god's just got to be smooth it's got to be so good cuz god knows our heart he sees it he knows when we're lukewarm and when we're all the way hot with him and when you're cold we got to focus on the prize here guys and that is the kingdom of god that's the focus but because we serve a gracious god what did god do he still decided to make some animal skins he used animal skins to make clothes for um adam and eve and he put them on he said now look <laughs> the man has become like us he knows about good and evil and now the man might take the fruit from the tree of life if the man eats that fruit he will live forever So the Lord God forced the man out of the garden of Eden to work the ground he was made from. God forced the man to leave the garden, then he put cherub angels and a sword of fire at the entrance to the garden to protect it. The sword flashed around and around guarding the way to the tree of life. And I'm sure to this day if we are granted that opportunity we will probably be able to see Eden. <laughs> I just feel like it. I don't know, I have that in my head. But Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named Cain and Eve said with the Lord's help I have made a man. And then she gave birth to Cain's brother Abel and Abel was a shepherd. Cain was a farmer. In the next episode I am going to talk about the story of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. and the first murder that was committed. Oh, what a world we live in today and and the story of our lives. 
So clearly I'm not gonna be able to get a whole bunch of chapters in, so I might have to do this weekly, and that is exactly what I'm going to do, and I'm gonna to stick to it. May God grant me that ability, because I really want us to, to get into this. I'm gonna to have to make different segments uh, into this particular episode. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. That was chapters one to three in a nutshell. Take the, the time to just go in and read it on your own so that you can really, you know, all the, all the little sentences that are left out, you know, I want you to read into it and, and ask God to give you the um, understanding, you know. Uh, this really allows us to relate to what we are experiencing now, um, today. It's, it's the same thing. It's just the beginning of all this sin that is being committed on this earth today. Um, God bless you all. Read your Bible. Pray every day if you want to grow. I think we know that song, my Africans and my Caribbeans. Um, And may God bless you. I just ask that God sow a seed. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity today to just speak about your word and to bring an understanding to your people. I do pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that for those who are listening and those who want to get to know you, and want to give their life to you, that they open up. And I just ask that you say this with me. Dear God, I am a sinner. I have sinned. I have committed atrocities against you. But God, dear Lord, our Savior Jesus Christ, please forgive me. I have sinned and I have sinned and I have sinned and I ask that with your grace that I am forgiven come into my life change my life dwell within me so that I can dwell in you make me a new person God and I will serve you all the days of my life in Jesus name Amen And so shall it be. I hope you gave your life to Christ today. And I hope that this will be the beginning of a new you. I promise. It will not be in vain. It will not be in vain. It's going to be, you know, trying. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of trials and tribulations. Because now Satan is saying, oh yeah, you want to give your life to Christ? Oh, okay. Well, get ready for me. And that's when you're going to be wondering, why am I going through all these things? Don't worry. I promise you, don't worry. If you just remember that I have accepted Christ as my Savior and that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want, you will be just fine. We are sheep. Sheep are lost, right? They always need someone to guide them. Think of Jesus as your shepherd. He is guiding you to where you need to be, where you have to go. Just put your, seek God first. And everything else will follow. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Worry about today. Worry about how you have fed your spirit and your soul today. I love you guys. And I will be back next week. Um, Or that all the episodes might be in there. um, All the segments. So I'll just let you guys know as well. Thank you for listening. Once again, my name is Anike Atkins. And you just listened to the Knowing God podcast. God bless you. Remember to put God first always. And... Remember to sow a seed when you can. Give to the less fortunate if you can. And God will bless you tenfold. Bye-bye.